Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 317 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week to finish up our Red Leg Nation, Red Leg Madness tournament is Chris Garber. How are you, Chris? Hi, hello, and welcome. Oh, man. Sound like I got George Grand with us here. That'd be exciting. A little bit. So not a lot of uh, not a lot to discuss, frankly, this week because we're still uh, quarantined and there's no baseball. And literally the only uh, news, it's not even really news, is that uh, Fox Sports Ohio is broadcasting uh, some of the games of the 1975 World Series. And by the time you listen to this, you will have already missed at least a couple of those. But um, that's what it has come to in Cincinnati is that the 1975 World Series is the most exciting and most recent uh, excitement just about that the Reds could, uh, the Fox Sports Ohio could broadcast. Is that sad or just, uh, we should celebrate that. Uh, I guess we should celebrate it. I'm sad though. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right. So if you listened last week, then, you know, we started out this, uh, red leg madness, uh, tournament. that's just a uh, silliness about uh, some obscure reds from the past. And we got through the first round and had to cut it, uh, Cut it off last week, so we're going to finish up the tournament this week. A couple of uh, housekeeping notes before we begin with that. Number one, if you have not been listening, I want to encourage you to listen to the new uh, series that we're doing at Red Leg Nation Radio called Building the Machine, about the how, how the big, big red machine was constructed and, and how the decade went. It's basically the decade from, of the 70s. It really starts in 69 through 79, year by year, looking at how they became the big red machine. Uh, we're releasing one every Monday. It's, it should be in your regular, if you're subscribed to the podcast, it should be in your regular Red Lake Nation podcast feed. It's free. And um, every Monday for 12 weeks, essentially, we're, we're doing. And uh, two episodes in so far. It's been really fun. We've gotten good feedback. And so I want to encourage everybody to go check that out. That's me and, and Bill Lack. One other thing, if you are a Patreon subscriber, if you're one of our family over at Patreon, we really appreciate you. I want to give a quick thank you to Tony Shrek, our newest patron at patreon.com slash redlegradio. Tony Shrek, S-H-R-E-C-K. Uh, Tony Shrek, uh, you know, we usually pick a, a position on the field for everybody. What do you, what do you think for Shrek, Chris? Well, uh, first base. You're saying that, I'm sure he's, it's because of that last name. He sounds like he might be a lumbering first baseman, like a Greg oh, Luzinski no, type. I was trying to lean away from from the, uh, the famous, you know, uh, Elroy Shrek of <laughs> film fame. Exactly. Yes. But uh, I don't know. I mean, you, the the, you know, the easy Shrek joke is to say he's the mascot. Oh, there you go. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry, uh, Tony, that we uh, we couldn't help but go there. That's probably a, the first time that's happened. Yeah, oh, I'm sure that's not the first time he's heard that. But I do appreciate you being with us. You're our slugging first baseman on the Red Leg Nation radio team. Now, let's get back to Red Leg Madness. We are in the round of 32 second round matchups in the Jerry Naren region. Number one seed, Lee Salverto Bonilla going up against number eight seed, Sal Romano. I still am a little surprised. It's not Sal Romano. Jason, <laughs> we already screwed it up. Jason Romano. Jason Romano defeated Sal Butera, so it's a very honest and easy mistake for someone to make. It is. Sal Romano will be in the obscure former Reds uh, bracket, I'd say, probably about <laughs> 10 years, I'm afraid. But, um, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little surprised Jason Romano moved on in that first round. A little disappointed as well. 
Well, you know, sometimes that happens with eight nine matchups. It does. Uh, what we got here, though, Luis Alberto, obviously a favorite of the podcast, just because of my ridiculous accent and the way I say his name. Uh, versus our kind of a, a extremely obscure Jason Romano. Does he? Does Romano get extra points because his baseball reference page, his hat is really high. Uh, no, I think we explained last week that I was not really a big fan of Jason Romano. So, uh, while I was more or less indifferent to uh, Lisa Verito, I'm going to go ahead and vote for Lisa Verito here. Yeah, I think uh, I think Lisa Verito gets through, but at some point, I'm concerned. I know he's a number one C, but I'm concerned that he is going to run into uh, some problems in later rounds because if you look at his baseball reference page, he's wearing an Indians cap in his picture. I mean, that's got to affect the, the committee's uh, decision-making. Probably will. All right, Benia moves on to the Sweet 16, our first entrant in the Sweet 16. Second-round second, uh, second round matchup in the Jerry Naren bracket. Number 12 seed Dave Van Gorder, an upset win in the first round. He's taking on another upset winner, 13 seed Steve Christmas. So the, the uh, famed 12-13 matchup here. Who you got in, in this one? Dave Van Gorder versus Steve Christmas. I'm a Van Gorder guy all the way. Really? Oh, yeah. Is there a specific reason that you're a Dave Van Gorder fan? Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm very partial to all the catchers from the 82-83 Reds, and I, at Christmas, I think, was probably one of them, too. But uh, Van Gorder and Bill Ardello were really two peas in a pod, as far as I'm concerned. They were, too. Uh, really, it's, a, it's disgraceful that neither of those guys are in the Reds Hall of Fame. <laughs> I, I imagine those guys living together in kind of a bosom buddy situation somewhere <laughs> in downtown Cincinnati. Yeah, we're going to see that on Netflix uh, next season. Uh, that'd be exciting. So anyway, you know, Steve Christmas really only got out of the first round because of his name, I think. So clearly Van Gorder is the uh, is the winner here. So Dave Van Gorder, number 12 seed, moving on to the Sweet 16. Man, it's fun to see these Cinderella stories. Now this next one uh, I think is pretty clear. I'm not sure how Steven Smitherman got a number 6 seed. Uh, but he did it, and he moved on past Reggie Jefferson into the, into the second round. He's facing off against Vladimir Ballantine, number 3 seed. Now, my opinion is Vladimir has not exhausted the luck that comes with having a first name that sounds like Vladimir, but it's spelled with a W. I think Vladimir. he has to move on, right? I'm, I'm, I think you're right. And Smitherman's, Smitherman's beard is not aging well. Oh, man, let me, let me look at that. It's like when you're, when you're designing a guy in a video game and they have like 16, 32 different uh, facial hair choices. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, this would be one of them. <laughs> it would be, but you, it's not one that anyone ever selects. No, I think it's called. I think it's called chin strap. Usually, he does have the chin strap, but he's got a little bit of something right above the lip there too. So you know, I'm not sure it connects down to the chin strap. Mustache. Though. Yeah. You know, well, just to, to digress, if I can, for a moment. <laughs> That's all we do. Uh, I've been home for I don't know, close to three weeks now, and uh, I don't know that I've shaved since I've been home, but today I decided to. But the mustache that I've been growing is so beautiful and glorious that I decided just to leave it on. Oh, you so did it. You did this. I'm right now sporting mustache only. <laughs> Are we going to get a picture of this at some point? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it is, uh, you know, everybody thinks they look like, uh, you know, Ernest Hemingway or a, a Royal Air Force pilot circa, you know, 1944. But <laughs> right. The truth of it is, we, we look more like people with, you know, on, on bad videotape films of the 1970s, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no comment to that, but uh, um, 
I might disagree with your uh, analysis of calling them bad, but uh, <laughs> wait a minute, I got to cut that out. Where, where, let me mark that time stamp down. Yeah. I can't have that in here. Um, it's funny because literally just uh, yesterday, I, I mean, yesterday or the day before, I threatened my children that I was going to grow a Corona stash because I, <laughs> you know, hadn't shaved as well for a while, and oh man, they really objected to that plan vociferously. Yeah, I mean, it was not a it was not a close call in the uh, in the committee room when we had that vote. Well, my wife has opinions. <laughs> I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does. So, all right. And, well, and, and, and as you'll see, she's not wrong. <laughs> but is it better than Stephen Smitherman's? I, I think so, honestly. I mean, that's at least how I'm going to vote right now. So. There you go. Sorry, Steve. And if you want to follow along with us, we're basing far too much of our uh, the decisions here on the photographs that are on the baseballreference.com pages for each of these players. Now, there's some uh, some controversy as well over the, one this next uh, matchup in that Norris Hopper, he was number seven seed, but he moved on to the second round. And I'm still of the opinion that Norris Hopper is one of, I hate to call him overrated because is he, is he overrated? I don't know. But man, some Reds fans really, really love Norris Hopper for some reason. So uh, just irrationally. He's going up against Junior Kennedy. So Hopper's a seven seed. Junior Kennedy, the number two seed out of this bracket. Is this where Norris Hopper's uh, run ends? <laughs> I think that's it. This is the end of the line for Norris and his bunts. <laughs> he, he just he couldn't quite get this bunt down. Uh, the best bunter in Reds history. Uh, I literally saw his name come up unrelated to our discussion on last week's podcast on Twitter.com. This week, someone talking about what a great... I made a comment about Adam Dunn, a tongue-in-cheek comment. And so people went nuts telling me how awful Adam Dunn was because that's the way people are. And uh, and some guy came back in sarcastic saying, oh, yeah, you probably like Norris Hopper. And the guy came back and was like, oh, yeah, I did like Norris Hopper. That guy could butt like nobody's business or something. It was great. Oh, anyway, so I'm gonna we're going to move Junior Kennedy on for no other reason other than he's not Norris Hopper. <laughs> Who you got in a Junior Kennedy-Junior Griffey matchup? That's pretty – it's a tough one, isn't it? It is uh, difficult. Yeah. I don't know. The biggest upset in the first round comes in the, we're going to move on to the Dave Miley region now. No one's favorite region. The Dave Miley region. Last, the biggest upset of the first round by far. Ryan LaVarnway was the number one seed here in the Miley region. Upset by number 16 seed Corky Miller. And so Corky, the 16 seed, is going to face off against D.T. Cromer, the number eight seed. I'm not looking up Corky Miller's pictures because we know the only reason that he, anybody knows his name because of his ridiculous mustache. Because he's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Somebody today on uh, Twitter.com was uh, pointing out that the Columbus Zoo has apparently a new, uh, I don't know, some sort of baby animal. I don't remember what kind it was. And they're having one of these uh, name, the, name the tiger competitions or whatever. And uh, the candidates are, one of the, one of the three names you can choose from is Corky. So somebody, and I, I wish I could remember who it was, was trying to rally Reds fans to, uh, here it is, it's a, it's a, it's a polar bear cub, was trying to rally Reds fans to, to quote unquote do their thing. Has anyone gotten more mileage out of a mustache other than perhaps Burt Reynolds? <laughs> well, I'm on mile number four right now. We'll see how it, how it plays out. <laughs> but uh, I, I believe that Abraham Miller has uh, successfully parlayed a nickname and a mustache into an awful lot of goodwill. But has he parlayed it into the Sweet 16? Well, so, you know, I think so, because D.T. Cromer is really, in my opinion, just just 
drafting behind D.B. Cooper's good name? <laughs> yeah. I really want to go for D.T. Cromer. I mean, who who else is D.T., first of all? Uh, you don't hear those initials too often with somebody just going by those initials. So I want to, and I, and I, and I think Corky is overrated, although I don't dislike Corky, but. You seated him 16th. He's not overrated. <laughs> he's, he's overrated by everyone other than me, but perhaps I underrate him. Go ahead and say it. He's, he's the UMBC of this, uh, of this. Well, yeah, we, we went through that. I don't remember how UMBC, the rest of the tournament went on. I don't yeah. know if they had any, any games after that. I don't know. I didn't watch any after that. <laughs> Which is a true story. (laughs) (laughs) Probably understandable. Yeah. All right. We're going to go with Corky, I guess, here. So, wow. The number 16 seed moves into the Sweet 16. And we'll see what, you know, he he could have a favorable matchup in the next round as well. We'll we'll see. It's going to be either Burke Badenhop, number five seed, versus Skeeter Barnes, the number four seed. Skeeter Barnes, one of six Skeeters. In Major League history. Is that true? It is true. It is absolutely true. You want me to name them for uh, you? Please. <laughs> let's do Let's talk about the Skeeter. Skeeter Barnes. Skeeter Newsom. Skeeter Webb. Let's see. Now, Skeeter Newsom was, uh, he played in from 1935 to 1947. Skeeter Webb, 1932 to 1948. Um, Skeeter Kell, 1952, Skeeter Scalzi, that's my favorite, 1939, and then 1915, the immortal Skeeter Sheldon. Skeeter Sheldon. So uh, here's a bit of news that I've learned. There is a restaurant in uh, Kearney, Nebraska, which is spelled Kearney, pronounced Kearney. Right. I I spent a a very long couple weeks in January there once. But uh, there's a restaurant there called Skeeter Barnes, and I have no idea if it's owned by or related to "Quote unquote," our Skeeter Barnes. How could it not? But it is spelled. It is spelled B A R N E S. Like I, I would kind of like it if it was. But the mascot is a mosquito in a cowboy outfit. Hmm. Do you so, know where Skeeter Barnes was born? I don't. Do you? I do. I'm looking at it. Cincinnati, Nebraska, Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, he's a local. Went to the he University of that. Cincinnati. If he'd, uh, I'm surprised that a certain broadcaster hasn't let me know that. <laughs> That's true. If only he were from Middletown. So anyway, I, I I would really rather the restaurant be called Skeeter Barnes, B-A-R-N-S. Right, right. Yeah, that's fantastic. But, uh, anyway, they, they specialize in hickory grilled steaks and slow smoked barbecue. Ooh, well, sounds good. Yeah. I'm looking to see if he played uh, in the minor leagues anywhere near Nebraska. I mean, I don't think there's any teams out there in western Nebraska. Billings is probably as close as he made he it. He did play in Billings. Um, yeah, nowhere. Waterbury, Connecticut is that Denver? is that near Nebraska? Denver is probably four hours from Kearney. Yeah, seems unlikely, but you know you can get out there and and enjoy a Skeeter's combo app. <laughs> Skeeter Barnes, I'm sure they got curbside delivery too. Just go and and they'll bring it right to you. Now uh, Skeeter, let's be honest, Skeeter and Burke Badenhop both made it into the second round on the strength of their unique names. I don't think there's anything else really to recommend them. Other than Skeeter Barnes having potentially a restaurant, does that get him over the top? I'm personally just looking for a Skeeter Corky matchup in the Sweet 16. Mm, yeah, but Burke Badenhop. I mean, really, that's that's top shelf. That's top one tenth of one percent of names in the Reds history. I think the only my only memory of Burke Badenhop as a Red is I believe he wore like running shoes to pitch. I don't think he ever put on cleats. Really? 
should totally be lying about that, but that's my memory of him is wearing like like a pair of running shoes. He was decent for the Reds. He came off a year at age 31 with Boston, uh, where he was really, really good. And then came to Cincinnati and, you know, had an ERA. He was about uh, roughly a league average reliever, and this was in 2015, and then never pitched again. Really strange. What he need, accomplished what he looked, set out to do. That's right. He got his eight years in. Got his pension, maybe. I don't know what it takes to get your pension. And moved on to Burke Heinrich Badenhop. Oh, I didn't real Heinrich. Does that does that change your? I mean, we're talking about Burke Heinrich Badenhop versus William Henry Barnes. He's a he's a Ohio man himself, a Bowling Green alum. You're right. Is he from Middletown? He is from Perry's Perrysburg, mm, in the see. Toledo area. But you're going to go with Skeeter. I think I'm, I might go with Skeeter as well. All right, let's do Skeeter. All right, thank you, Burke. Skeeter, thank Bond. you for your service. Thank and excuse uh, Burke Badenhop. Yes. Um, next uh, next matchup here in the Miley region, Micah Owings versus the immortal Billy Bates. It's a tough matchup for Mike Owens, I think. Mike Owens yeah. was the sixth seed. Yeah. No, Owens was the 11th seed. He defeated the sixth seed. Chris Reitzma, Billy Bates the three seed. Uh, what are you thinking here? You know... I liked Mike Owens when he was with, uh, with the Reds. I mean, I really did. He, you know, he could supposedly hit, and I like pitchers that can hit. He actually won a Silver Slugger as a pitcher one year. Um, I don't think he was with the Reds that year, though, when he won that. Let's see. No, that was with Arizona as a 24-year-old. Um, I don't know. He was involved in the Adam Dunn trade, right? Didn't we decide that last I week? That's right. And so anybody that has any kind of relation to Adam Dunn or Kevin Bacon are, you know, <laughs> automatically get an increase in my estimation. But Billy Bates, that that ball down the line by Joe Oliver in Game 2 of the World Series, the Bates scoring, that may be the most exciting game that in terms of just what it really meant in probably my entire life as a Reds fan. Is there anything? Is there anyone higher than that? Any highlight more important as a Reds fan than that one? Uh, I, I will always go back to Eric Davis' I, home run off Dave Stewart. I thought you might say that, but... I don't know. It was extra innings and the Reds to go up 2-0. I'd like to point out, Billy Bates has zero career regular season hits as a Cincinnati Red. <laughs> he didn't play again in the big leagues at all after. That's it. Hung him up. Diddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, how are you going to get any better than scoring the winning run in the World Series? That is a, that is a thousand in the World Series. <laughs> and you remember that hit. He basically chopped that off the plate. And he was speedy. I don't career, know. Career 125 Major League batting average. I think the answer to that question earlier is probably Eric Davis, the the first inning home run off Dave Stewart in game one of the 1990 series. But, man, I don't know. I was jumping around the living room trying to keep my parents from waking up when Bates scored. Good times. Well, Billy Bates, move on here. Sure. <laughs> you're you're yeah. really invested in this. I, I well, appreciate I'm not that. invested in Micah Owens whatsoever. So I agree. I agree. Next round, Willie Green. Number 10 seed taking on the number two seed, Champ Summers. I don't know. I've got some some love for Willie Green because, you know, I, as I said, I went out on a limb for him. <laughs> Argue that he was the next great Reds third baseman back when he was around, and I, I took some grief for that. Uh, well, you know, the thing I always wondered about Champ Summers was he was a uh, he was a Red, you know, from like, what, uh, 77, 78. And then... I remember seeing him pop up on baseball cards, the Detroit Tigers in 79, 80 and 81. 
And I always, I always used to wonder, is it was that a guy that Sparky Anderson loved so much that he like went when he went to the Tigers, he was like, well, we we're fine, but we we got to get we got to get Summers up here. <laughs> well, his first full year with Detroit, he was, was just pretty much an everyday player. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm serious. Like, was he? Yeah. Do you think like? You know, it wasn't a whole lot of guys that that uh, Sparky could uh, pry loose from. Uh, I guess he was. At, it looked like he was already traded to the Tigers by the time they hired Sparky. Yeah, maybe so. It looks like it was in the middle of '79. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but you know what? Interesting to me about Champ Summers, because there is something interesting about Champ Summers, if you can believe it. He didn't debut in the big leagues until his he was 28 years old. And he still played 11 years in the big leagues. Parts of 11 seasons in the big leagues, basically. That's got to be pretty rare to be able to play until you're... He actually debuted. He was almost 28. He had just, just shy of 20. He was 27 and retired when he was 38. I mean, If you that, want to talk mustaches. Oh, man. Is that... Wait a minute. That's not Champ Summers. That's Tom Selleck. And that Tiger's cap? That's got to be, right? Beautiful. Oh, Beautiful. Oh man, it's outstanding. Oh, he may he may beat Willie Green just on the basis of that mustache and on the basis of Willie's uh I don't know. It's not the best smile I've seen. And plus the uh good humor man cap. Those awful white caps. Brutal uniforms. Were you a fan of those? Not one bit. Oh, they're the worst. Yeah, my my memory of that period is basically Willie Green and and uh Jeff Brantley wearing those caps. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait with that ridiculous mullet. It's <laughs> a great yeah. mullet. Are you crazy? And a, and a vest. <laughs> I've, I've always hated the vest style uniforms. I I, I kind of like the idea of it because I just seen pictures of like you know like Klazuski wearing them. So when they they said they were going to have those, I was like yeah, kind of a cool idea. And then as soon as they walked out the first day, they were brutal. Yeah, it seemed like every, including my son's uh, baseball teams. Seems like every team around, or about two thirds of them, wanted to wear those vest style uniforms around here. Do you have? Has that been your experience in youth baseball? I I have not seen many vests really up here in Ohio at oh. the, the kid level now. Yeah, well, you're lucky because it's not a good look. So, do they wear shirts under there? They do, they do, except for that one kid who <laughs> looks <laughs> looks like he's six years older than everybody else. Yeah, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, that kid doesn't, but uh, he's pretty. He hit the ball a long way. You know, I was all prepared to really go hard for Willie Green all the way in this tournament, but you may have convinced me with Champ Summers' mustache. I mean, the mustache speaks for itself. Well, the mustache-tigers cap combo, that's going to make him tough to beat. Classic. It is classic. Are we going with Champ here? Let's go with the Champ. Number two seed, moving he on. to two seed. Yeah, he was, he was the favorite here. So that your Sweet 16 on that side of the bracket. Lisa Alberto Bonilla, Dave Van Gorder, Vladimir Ballantine, Junior Kennedy, Corky Miller, Skeeter Barnes, Billy Bates, and Champ Summers. We're going to move now to the Vern Rap region. A very competitive region. We knew that when the brackets came out on that CBS show on that Sunday night, Selection Sunday. We knew this was going to be the most competitive region. Number one seed, Mo Sanford, taking on number eight seed, Brandon Clawson. Battle of uh, forgettable Reds pitchers. Mo Sanford's got a good name. I mean, that, that's, that He's got two him. good names, to be honest with you. That's true. Do you think he has a son? <laughs> Is his son named Lamont? That's what I want to know. I always liked Lamont. 
I was a big Lamont fan when I was a kid. <laughs> All right. I'm going to tell my Lamont story here in just a moment. But first, do you know what Mo Sanford's actual first name is? Uh, Maurice. You would think that. You will never. You would never guess this Morris? in a million years. No. Mo? No. M-O-E? Mo is... <laughs> Ooh. That was a Stooges fan. Ooh. Um, his first name, I'll give you his, his entire name. Meredith Leroy Sanford. Pretty nice. Meredith. Not a common name. Not where I come from. <laughs> Not where I come from. Maybe in America's Georgia, where he comes from. So anyway, uh, my Lamont story. I may have told this on the podcast before. I don't know. But if not, it's, it's a story. I was in law school, um, and uh, I was a broke uh, law student, basically. And some of my friends were going to go play golf at uh, some club up there. I don't know, in the D.C. area. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go with you. At the last moment, I was just like, listen, I, I can't go. I can't I can't spend that kind of that kind of money to go play golf here. I really want to. And they're like, come on, come on. We'll just let's go. Play. I was like, I started to. And then I said, no, I'm not going to go. So they go without me. Come back a few hours later. They walk in the door and drop their clubs, and they're like, dude, you're never going to believe it. We show up at the club. There are just three of us, so the starter puts a fourth with our group, and it's Lamont from Sanford and Son. TV's Desmond Wilson? TV's Desmond Wilson, yes. And they said he wa- he wouldn't say a word to anybody. He would just <laughs> cuss himself the whole the whole round, and uh, and that was that. But they got to play with uh, with Lamont. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> it is incredible. So, Meredith Sanford versus Brandon Clausen. Uh, Brandon Allen Falker Clausen. Falker. I am going to go with uh, Mo. Did you? I'm going to go with Mo as well. I think Mo Sanford has to win this one. But were were you like me? Were you thinking that Brandon Clausen was the next big thing uh, for the Reds as a pitcher? Oh man, did I ever! I mean, he had was, a 1.42 ERA for the Yankees at age 24. That was when we were trading, you know, football players around and things like that, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Michigan quarterback or whatever. Drew Henson. Drew, Drew Henson, yeah. Yeah. I know he was. How did. Oh, they got him for Aaron Boone. Oh, huh. really? Yeah, I guess it wasn't Drew Henson. But huh. there, was, there was a whole bunch of trades that uh, Leather Pants was making with. Uh, with uh, the Yankees at that time. Right. Leather pants. All right. We're going to go with Mo Sanford. I don't know. Brandon Clausen, you know, he, he had uh, his major league debut. He'd thrown six and a third innings and given up one earned run for the Yankees in, uh, in 2003. And he came over to the rest. I'm like, whoa, he did that. You know, I didn't know anything. Still don't know much, but, and, uh, you know, he was never really good for the Reds. Yeah, I, th- I was going to say his career over age 27. Here's where I'm confused because, I was thinking of Ed Yarnall, another oh. Yankees left-hander that was pawned off on the Reds around that era. That was <laughs> that guy was part of the. Uh, he came along with Drew Henson, Brian Reith, and Jackson Melian for Denny Nagel and Mike Frank. Mike Mike Frank, interesting. You mentioned Mike Frank. Mike Frank's in our next matchup. He's the number four seed in this uh, Burn Rap region. He's going up against the number twelve seed. Big upset in the first round. Tim Fortunio. Tim Fortunio from Clinton, Massachusetts, versus Mike Frank from Pomona, California, the, of the young Frankenstein's outfield. Boy, he looks 12 years old in his picture. 
And we just we voted for Fortunio because of his picture last time, wasn't that right? That pic, uh, yeah, I think so. And it re- well, in his name, and that's a good name. But uh, that picture, it's it's still pretty good. It does look like the you know he went with his dad to the game and they snapped a photo. Look at me, mom, at the game. <laughs> My first big league game. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Is that enough to get him? He went to Uxbridge High School. I don't know if that's something. Uxbridge. He's a he's from Massachusetts. Yeah, so I don't know what he got. Frank is is really memorable only because he played on the same team as Demetri Young and Chris Steins, in my mind. Yeah, that's that's fair. Tim Fortunio. I, I say we go with Fortunio Escondido. again. What's that? Mike Frank went to Escondido High School. Ooh, that's fun to say. Escondido. I'm going with Tim Fortunio. Number right. twelve, another number twelve seed into the Sweet Sixteen. Exciting. Terribly exciting. Number 11 seed Carlos Fisher, who I once played poker with, versus number 3 seed Dan Bellardello. With two N's. Two N's. Three L's. Three L's. That's the way he used to tell people. What's Dan Bellardello's uh, picture look like? I assume it just has a, like a catcher's mask on. Yeah, he looks like... Everybody else in the 1984 Reds, basically. <laughs> yeah. Looks like he went and got one of those nacho helmets and put on, though. <laughs> <He does. laughs> I think so. Ate his nachos and put it on. Got his wiffle ball bat posing for a picture. That's what we he used to says, do. He uh, says Dan is a manager in the Florida State League. Oh, really? hmm Well, that's something. He was, uh, let's see. Man, debuted at age 23. And played a lot his age 24 season. Didn't play well. But the best season he ever had, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm stunned at his, uh, he's going to win here because Carlos Fisher, I mean, he got through the first round solely on the strength of Dusty Baker ruining his arm. I told you I'm in the tank for 1983 Reds catcher, so. Man, I can't believe Alan Nicely. What was up with the committee not putting Alan Nicely here? He was he was certainly snubbed, but he's playing well in the NIT. <laughs> he is now another a strong contender in this next matchup. The number two seed out of this region, John Kutlangas, going up against yep. Kelly Paris. Um, yeah, that's, that's an easy one. <laughs> it's a, it's it's twenty an, point blowout. It is it is. Even though we had a lot of fun with Kelly Paris's a photo last week. Yeah, that's 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 first round stuff, man. <laughs> that's not bad, but he, yeah, you get in. You start moving on. It's all about Kootlangas. <laughs> oh man, I, I, I'm a little concerned about the next uh, round because we we have a Kootlangas Billardello matchup. That could be the, the matchup of the Sweet 16. But let's finish up the uh, and move on to, on to the Jim Riggleman region. Paul Householder versus Wade Rowden. The most boring matchup of the second round. I don't. I don't. That's a number one seed versus number eight seed. And I don't. I don't care. Who, who, I don't care. All right. Let's go with. Let's leave it vacant. Okay, we're gonna leave that one vacant. No winner. <laughs> so now we, next we got the number five seed Johnny Ruffin versus the number four seed Rolando Rooms. Now this is a pretty competitive matchup. Rooms. R- Rolando Rooms, who is an, not doing. He's outsized uh, in importance to most Reds fans of our age. I think everybody thought he was better than he actually was. Yes. And yes. played more than people thought he played more than he ever ever. I think did. he's probably the best Jamaican player the Reds have ever had. Right. I would, yeah, I think probably. 
Is, is Johnny Ruffin the best Ruffin that ever played? Or would you give that to Bruce Ruffin or Chance Ruffin? Well, Bruce Ruffin probably had a better uh, career. I, I would be partial to uh, Kermit Ruffins, the uh, New Orleans trumpeteer. Uh, okay, there we go. I'm, I can I can dig that. Rolando Audley Rooms, Kingston, Jamaica. Look at his picture when he went to the Cubs. He grew a mustache. <laughs> oh, really? Well, I got to look him up now. Rolando Rooms. Maybe he had that before he was in the Reds, I guess, but uh, had to shave it off. To... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. That is a pretty sweet mustache. Loses powers. Oh, man. I can't believe they. If you got a mustache that sweet, you'd think that the Reds would relent. Yeah, you like just take him up to Mrs. Shot's office and be like, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. I know we have a rule, but as you can see, examine. That's fine. <laughs> yes, please keep fine, that. Orlando. <laughs> Oh, Verlando Rooms. I think we got to go Verlando Rooms here, the double R. Done. All right. Final two matchups of the second round. Raphael Landestoy versus Jack Hanahan. I have a, uh, we had a fun discussion, I think, last week. If you listened to the podcast last week about Raphael Landestoy, and you really need to listen to last week's podcast in conjunction with this one. Um, and so marathon, (laughs) but I have a, uh, I have a pretty good, uh, pretty good feeling, (laughs) feeling about the Raphael Landestoy. Did you know there's a Jacob Hanneman? No, I'm sure it's Hanneman, but Jack Hanahan and Jacob Hanneman, Hanneman and Pat Pat Hanneman. You know, Hanahan's always bucking for promotion. <laughs> yeah, look at his picture. Doesn't he look like some frat guy? Yes. That you kind of hated. That really thought a lot of himself. Well, that was me. <laughs> but he does have the best fake nickname on Baseball Reference. <laughs> Super Manahan. Super Manahan. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Come on, Raphael Landestoy's moving on here. Sold. No, no questions. All right, Thank now. You, Phil Dumatre, the number seven seed, going up against the number two seed, Larry Lubers. Lubers versus Dumatre. That's probably. Well, I, I hope everyone has spent the last week reading up on the Larry Lubers and Larry Lubers Sr. Uh, Crosley Field history, which I found fascinating. So, I did. Uh, I did read up on that. That was that really was fascinating. I don't know how I. Maybe I'd, I probably had read that heard about it back at the time, but uh, had completely forgotten. Field of dreams, indeed. Just Man. crazy. Like your dad's like, yeah, well, you know, you're like, hey, dad, can I can I put some bases out in the backyard? He's like, yeah, do better than that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Go ahead and get two thirds of a major league stadium and haul it out here and prop it up in the backyard. A rock was first base and a tree was second base in my backyard. Yeah, right. <laughs> Couldn't hit the left field because there was a. You know, a busted up lawnmower over there. Right, yeah. Oh, man. He has an actual big league field practically in his backyard. He's he's probably going to go far just on the basis of his dad here, but I don't care. I'm nep- I'm okay with nepotism. Sold. Larry Lubers moves on to the Sweet 16. So our Sweet 16, let's, let's run through them before we go uh, any further. Mo Sanford, Tim Fortunio, Dan Bilardello, John Kutlangas, Rolando Rooms, Raphael Landestoy, Larry Lubers, Lisa Alberto Bonilla, Dave Van Gorder, Vladimir Ballantine, Junior Kennedy, Corky Miller, Skeeter Barnes, Billy Bates, and Champ Summers. That is 15, only 15 participants in our Sweet 16. Sometimes that happens. It happens. I mean, you know, it happens all the time. Maybe. All right. Sweet 16. 
We're moving on to regional sites now. First, uh, first round is going to be in Kalamazoo, Michigan. The first regional home of the site. Bell's Bell's uh, Brewing Company. Oh, outstanding! Number one seed Lee Alberto Bonilla versus the number twelve seed Dave Van Gorder. Van Gorder has been very impressive so far in this tournament. Yeah, it's uh, it's really he's he's on quite a run here. I don't know if the uh, Cinderella story is going to end here in in uh, Kalamazoo. Well. I got to tell you, if you're just comparing their pictures, you got one guy with an Indian's cap on, and you got one guy, they're really sweet. That's the classic 80s photo, 80s Reds photo of Dave Van Gorder. I mean, just absolutely classic. Hair's kind of fluttering in the in the breeze. Got that, uh, you know, the, the pullover top. Kind of portly. <laughs> yeah, got a gold chain there. Picked up at the, uh, at the outlet mall. The hair's kind of... Just uh, flowing out from underneath oh, the hat. That's a guy that's happy to be a big leaguer. Do you ever see his 1986 card? He's it's a picture of him warming up a ke- warming up a pitcher between innings. Like he doesn't have any gear on. He's just sitting. He's squatting down with a glove on his hand and a ball cap on. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for it now. I can't wait to see this. Uh, Dave Van Gorder, not Dave Grohl Van. <laughs> he has what? some good ones. <laughs> There's really? an 80, 85 traded card where he's like sliding into the backstop that's actually kind of a cool card oh that like, is a good card yeah right yeah yeah the uh yeah the 80 86 tops where he's just out yeah in between innings waiting for <laughs> bo diaz to get his equipment on <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't we have any any pictures of him well <laughs> one here he's he's warming up he's catching like you understand he's not wearing any equipment right well he didn't play that week <laughs> they're like oh man we gotta we gotta get him while he's actually on the field we gotta get his photo um, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, his, uh, I like, I like the, uh, 85 tops traded. That's a good one. Um, that's, yeah, I don't know. Oh, there's this picture from his, that can't be his obituary. It's gotta be his dad, right? Yeah. That's not, no okay, relation. Yeah, yeah. That okay. man was, uh, quadriplegic for 50 years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. From an he does kind of look like him, doesn't he? He does kind of look like an elderly or an aged, not necessarily elderly, but an age, aging Dave Van Gorder. But Van Gorder is 63 now and uh, just turned 63 last week, as a matter of fact. So, uh, so we just wished him happy birthday last week. I'm, you know, I'm on the stump for Lee Alberto, but, and he has one of the best names in Reds history, but I could be compelled here to go with Van Gorder if that's where you're going. Well, my heart's with Van Gorder for sure. <laughs> oh, it's a memorable song by Frank Sinatra. <laughs> my heart belongs to Dave Van Gorder. So yeah, Dave Van Gorder with another huge upset. The twelve upset, the twelve seed knocking off number one seed Lisa Alberto Bonilla. So since he's gone, let me just say it one more time because people act like they enjoy that. I don't know why. Lisa Alberto. Okay, that's enough. Vladimir Valentin versus Junior Kennedy. Valentin the three seed, Kennedy the two seed. So the matchup of a couple, a couple of blue bloods here. Hey, Van Gorder's on Facebook, by the way. You have to right now, this very second. You have to request uh, to be his friend. I am not, but you can you can tell it's him because his his header or his cover photo is a picture, a, a old black and white photo of him in a Reds catcher's gear. Oh my goodness! You're not. You're really not going to request to be his friend. Tim, it's Tony Gwynn sliding into the plate while Van Gorder is. I don't know what he's doing. Not uh, attempting to tag him or catch the ball. He wants that up there because he and uh, and the player that it was sliding in they combined for more than three thousand career <laughs> yeah, hits. That's right. Together, they hit over 370. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. 
So uh, I'm, I'm still upset that you're not asking to be his friend, and I'm not going to forget that very soon. You got to do that. I'm going to create an account that does nothing but tries to friend old Reds. You know, there's somebody that out there trying to do that. Well, isn't it? I, I I haven't looked in a while, but for for a long time, Eric Davis was on here. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, you're friends with Eric Davis. <laughs> I am, as a matter of fact. It does. Two mutual friends. <laughs> That's what we were trying to work out to get him on the podcast. We corresponded via Facebook. Man, he remains the coolest person in the entire world. The coolest person's ever been born. I mean, just, it's, you're right, even to this day. He posts a picture of just like his lower body with a bunch of bling on, like standing it with holding a bat like a cane, and it looks awesome. (laughs) You remember that poster back in the day of him? No, Eric the Red, or maybe is what it was. Uh, let me look at, let's look up Eric Davis poster. Uh, you got to remember this. I had this in my bedroom. He's friends with Marvin Freeman. Surely not. Yep. Eric Davis poster. No, no, oh, no. I didn't have this one. I had the one, the the ridiculous Sports Illustrator one or whatever that was, you know, lame with the red border. But the forty-four yeah, Magnum. One where he's all with a, like the gun case. Yeah, yeah, forty-four Magnum. That's the one I wanted. I knew he had a good one. He's got he's got a double-breasted suit with stirrups on. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, my brother. Uh, unfortunately, I have three brothers, and one of them somehow ended up being a, an Atlanta Braves fan. I think just to, as he was closest to me to age, and just to counter the Reds. But the one thing that he, uh, he had was he had the sweet Dell Murphy poster. It's, uh, it said Power Alley. And, and Murphy was holding a bat that was like uh, glowing. It was it was pretty sweet. Oh, I remember that. And he's like in a, in, in like a a brick alleyway somewhere. Like yeah, you got those those baby blue Braves. You know yeah, those? yeah. It's like the place where uh, where uh, Kevin Costner and uh, Tim Robbins fight at the beginning of Bull Durham. <laughs> it's, it's the exact alley, I think. Yeah. Or was that where where Batman's parents? Uh, well, I'm not going to spoiler alert. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so again, <laughs> we have a tendency to uh, meander. Let's get back on task here, Garber. Vladimir Ballantine versus Junior Kennedy. Oh boy, two <laughs> three old legends in Reds history. Yeah, I don't know what to say about either of these two. We may have exhausted our comments on either of these. Uh, yeah. Ballantine doesn't need this because he did, as we discussed <laughs> no, last right. week. He he went on to a fine career. In uh, in uh, Japan, I guess. From Curacao. Who's the best player ever from Curacao? Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones, yes. Who's the best red from Curacao? Um, Junior Kennedy? <laughs> Probably. No, silly. Junior Kennedy's from uh, Fort Gibson, Oklahoma. Oh, that's That was inevitable. Who else would be Junior Kennedy? He debuted at age 24. Debuted on his birthday. What about that? His 24th birthday. That's... His real name is Junior Kennedy. Oh, that's pretty good as well. Given name. His Christian name is Junior. Junior Raymond Kennedy. Everyone loves Junior Raymond. Oh, I hate myself sometimes. Uh, I'm going with Junior There's Kennedy. There's really no way to find out what happened to Junior Kennedy because you find out a bunch of, he died in a plane crash going to Martha's Vineyard stories. Oh really? Oh yeah, probably right. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, it took me a second to get what you were, what you were driving at there. Um, 
I think we got to go with Junior Kennedy here. He's the number two seed. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I got a feeling I know what's going to happen in his Elite Eight matchup, though. Um, all right. On to the Dave Miley region. Sweet 16 matchups. Corky Miller versus Skeeter Barnes. Oh, this is what everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> it is. You know, I don't know that I... Uh, first of all, three Corkies in big league history. Corky Miller, Corky Withrow, and Corky Valentine. Wasn't that a movie starring, like, uh, uh, Rob Schneider or something? <laughs> My Corky Valentine? <laughs> Uh, what team did Corky Valentine play for? Corky Valentine or Corky Romano? <laughs> Corky Valentine. <laughs> I don't know. He played his entire career for the Cincinnati Reds. Harold Lewis oh, yeah? Valentine. Oh, well, we mostly know him by Harold Lewis. <laughs> That's right. His 25, 26-year uh, season. Um, not great. So th- there are three Corkies in big league history. What are the chances that two of the three played for the Reds. The other played for the St. Louis Cardinals, Corky Withrow. Pinch hitter and outfielder, Corky Withrow. So the Reds have two... I think it's like 80%. (laughs) Here's a problem I've got with Corky Miller. Okay, I've discussed some of my problems. Look at his picture on Baseball Reference. I had never looked it up before because I already knew what Corky Miller looked like. Look at it and tell me if you see anything distinct about his picture on BaseballReference.com. Soul patches? And no no mustache. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, there might be a little one that I can't tell there, but it's just a soul patch. Well, he's young. He was young. It was a soul patch. Nice sideburns there, too, though. You got to give him that. I got to say, man, that guy had a, was a 23rd round pick. And he played for off and on for like 14 years in the major leagues. <laughs> he really, he parlayed what he could do, which was not a lot. He was a backup catcher. and uh, But he was a dependent one and a likable one, I think, was the big part of it. And if you're likable, you got to hang around sometimes. Like 17 years as a pro. Gosh. Have we decided what he's doing? Is he, he's coaching in the Reds organization now? I think, uh, yeah, mostly he's raising his kids. But uh, as his Twitter bio says, I'm Corky. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a power move there. Doesn't that be your bio? What, what about this fact? His actual given name is Corky. No, it is not. Corky Abraham Philip Miller, according to Baseball Reference. I don't think that's right. I think his name is Abraham Philip. <laughs> I think it's got to be. It's got to be. Um, I don't know. Skeeter Barnes. My resistance to Corky Miller is is dissipating as we speak. He's got on those awful black vest and, and black Reds cap. His picture, though, Corky. But Skeeter's got a Tiger's cap on. All right, number four seed Skeeter Barnes versus number 16 seed Corky Miller. I'm letting you uh, make the call on the Corky Miller bracket because I'm biased. I think it's Corky Miller. Oh, man. How does a number 16 seed get into the Elite Eight? That's not possible. It's never happened before. That, that has never happened before. Gosh. Billy Bates versus Champ Summers. 2-3 matchup here. Billy Bates. One well, of Bates only- is trying to stave off the most incredible mustache battle in Red's history. <laughs> oh, man, that's true. Although, you mentioned the certain types of mustache that look like they come from the 70s. Check out mm-hmm. Billy Bates' picture on uh, Baseball Oh, reference. yeah. He's, 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 <laughs> oh, he wasn't kidding around when he was on the Brewers. Uh, I can hear his theme song. I can walk to the plate. His walk-up music. Boom, chicka, boom, boom. Yeah, I went there. Beautiful. And No, not beautiful at all. Um, 
University of Texas legend, though. I mean, we got to say, a college baseball legend, legit legend. True. At a baseball powerhouse. Um, man, I don't know. You know, I have no memory of Champ Summers. I just remember baseball cards, really. Yeah, that's that's all I that's, that's all I know about him is from from baseball cards and a cool name, Champ. So, here's the thing about Billy Bates. He's probably friends with Glenn Braggs. He has to be. Didn't they come over in the same trade? Uh, actually, they might be. I think they came over to Cincinnati in the same trade. Right. So they're they're probably probably still friends with Glenn Braggs. Glenn Braggs posted a video on Instagram today of himself working out in his backyard. I didn't see that particular video, but I was gonna when you mentioned Eric Davis a moment ago, I was gonna say go follow Glenn Braggs on on Instagram. <laughs> he's that, he's about as cool as Eric Davis is. Oh my goodness! And if uh, he he if he if he couldn't play today, I bet he could play in Double A today. <laughs> he's like you know sixty years old. I don't know how old he's, he is. Doing a bunch of one arm push ups and man. You know, it makes me feel bad that he's older than me, and I will never. Well, I don't aspire to be. I'd like to be Glenn Braggs. I don't want to work as hard as Glenn Braggs to get there, but um, you know, I, 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 the Champ Summers mustache is it is inevitable. It's hard to argue with, isn't it? It is, but I really want to go Billy Bates here. Because what about his little wispy mustache versus uh, Corky Miller's? I mean, you know, I don't know, different styles. Champs, well, you, are... certainly you're going to see a, a different style of play in the uh, Elite Eight matchup if you go with Braggs versus Miller. Yeah, if it's Champ versus Corky, it's going to be, I mean, these are two. They're going to slog it out. They are. It's just going to be It's going to be Virginia versus, uh, you know, the Cincinnati Bearcats. It's just going to be defense and just. Mustaches everywhere. <laughs> mustache hair flying everywhere. Oh, yeah. I want that mustache matchup. Yeah. I think, I think the fans do, for sure. <laughs> the fans are calling for it. Champ Summers. So we got a number two versus number 16 there. So two uh, double-digit seeds into the Elite Eight already. Let's see what happens over on the other side of the bracket. Vern Rapp region. Do you have any memories of Vern Rapp? No, just that like I was glad to see him go. Meredith Sam. Yeah, Pete, yeah, Pete Rose was coming, right? When, oh, that's when, right. Yeah, yeah, and you know we were. That was right when I was really, really starting to get obsessed with the team. So I just know they were really bad when he was manager. Uh, Meredith Sanford versus Tim Fortunio, number one seed versus the number twelve seed Fortunio. What do you think? I think Meredith Sanford. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that guy, and you know, Meredith. He would have been a whole different guy if he'd been Meredith Sanford. Well, it's kind of like with Champ Summers. If his name, if he had been John Junior Summers on his baseball cards, he's never even making it to the Elite Eight. True. Yeah, I field. think that's right. I think John Summers doesn't get anywhere near the the major league. Yeah, he's in the NIT. He's in the NIT in this bracket. What is John Junior? <laughs> his middle name is Junior. <laughs> uh, you think that's uh, that's rare? But there are at least two people that I have come into uh, contact with on a professional basis. And so I'm going to be very careful uh, how I say this, because you can imagine what in what capacity they I came into contact with them. But two different people whose names are, uh, I'll just use uh, Meredith Sanford as an example. If Meredith Sanford had the same naming uh, device, it would be Meredith Jr. Sanford Jr. Exactly. Twice. Twice I ran into somebody like that. I, I don't know what to say about that. 
Is that more surprising than the fact that twice in my uh, career I have had evidence presented in court uh, that consisted of a bag of hair? <laughs> it's a true story. That's like one of those, uh, what do they call them? Uh, what are the cases called where they sue property? Where, where it's they... like United States versus a bag of hair? <laughs> oh, right, 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 yeah. I mean, in Virginia, we do those if it's uh, forfeitures, things like that. Yeah. yeah. So Champ Summers, I just want to point out here, uh, he did. He admits that if his name had been George, nobody would have noticed him. <laughs> really? He admits but that? But he got in a lot of fights because his name was Champ. He also, he also, if you're going to be the champ, when he turned 16, he decided to get a tattoo of a Playboy bunny etched on his right shoulder. How do you know all this? Uh, Saber, the Saber bio project has a champ Summers biography. (laughs) They, uh, as of a few months ago, still did not have a Barry Larkin biography, but they have a champ Summers. For obvious reasons. Well, this is pretty good. He, he <laughs> follows me wherever I go, and I wish I wish I'd never done it. Just write that stupid Barry Larkin bow. Just write it. Yeah, the Champ Summers, the Vietnam vet. Really? You know, I was all this information you were giving me about Champ Summers. I was desperately hoping that you were coming up with these little tidbits from various little uh, cartoons on the back of his tops baseball cards <laughs> in his career, because they always had those goofy, you know, little factoids. There's a lot of amazing stuff here. He spent six months as a paratrooper and six months as a lifeguard in Vietnam. He once scored 53 points in a a game at Southern Illinois University. And he didn't play high school. He didn't play baseball until his senior year in college, where he was recruited from a a slow-pitch softball team to uh, play on the college baseball team. Really? And made it to the uh, the big leagues. Yep. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> it really is crazy. That's why he was 28 by the time he made the majors, because he... <laughs> Never played. Spent time as a paratrooper and a college softball player. And Man, I'm glad we moved him on to the Elite Eight now. That's amazing. Wow. You know who else has a uh, Sabre Bio Project uh, bio on, on there? Billy Bates. No, maybe he doesn't have one. I thought he did. I was going to the page and it was trying to load, but it's not, not a full not a full bio. All right, so that's enough of that nonsense. Meredith Sanford goes on past uh, Tim Fortunio, right? I mean, do we even need to discuss that? I didn't even watch that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a foregone conclusion. And so Meredith moves on to the Elite Eight. Now, here we go. This is the matchup oh, of the tournament. This is. More consonants here than anywhere else. <laughs> Dan Billardello of the 80s. Catchers Billardellos versus John Kutlangas, who I felt like was underseated as a number two seed. I thought the committee showed him no respect putting him as a number two seed. John Kutlangas versus Dan Billardello. I mean, how do you how do you vote, go against Kutlangas? I uh, it's a good question. I mean, I, I I think the answer would be that Dan spells his name with two N's. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's Coot Langus. Let's do it. The only argument I can make against Coot Langus, <laughs> and again, I love to have that pronunciation of his name. Uh, but the only argument I can make against him is if you look at his picture on Baseball Reference, he really looks like a young David Weathers, and I really didn't like David Weathers. 
Don't they have a little Weathers look about him there? Oh, a little bit, but he didn't age. He's aged into a much different kind of fella. Oh, he has, absolutely. Yeah, he looks He looks like he's on the, the verge of becoming portly. Yeah, there's a picture of him on the on the Diamondbacks where he's got a little bit of Weathers, too. I think it's partly because he bent his cap, Bill, like to a really, <laughs> oh, like, yeah, a, maybe. you know, like a 270 degree of a circle. Uh, do your kids get upset with you when you encourage them to bend the bill of their caps? <laughs> there is there is a bit of pushback. Oh, we get I get all kinds of pushback. Yeah, he has, I see that Weathers uh the Weathers uh cap bill. Um I don't know. I don't know. I th- I hate to knock out Dan Bilardello for years. He's been my favorite uh, guy to just I mean, if you want to name a random red, it was Dan Bilardello. But Kulangus is bringing some strong uh he really has strong game into this one. What do you think? I'll, I'll let you make the final call. Uh, I think Kootlangus advances. Go, because I was going to overrule you anyway if you said Dan Bilardello. So John Kootlangus onto the Elite Eight. Now in the Jim Riggleman region, these games are played in the Reds uh, owner suite. The only person that liked Jim Riggleman was in the Reds owner suite. And the first matchup is Rolando Rooms versus uh, no one. Empty bracket. Yeah, I think he advances. Well. Oh, yeah. We need to consider that. Question. question. I went ahead and started writing his name in, but. I don't know if Rooms does beat nobody. I don't know. Go ahead. I kind of feel like Rolando Rooms is a sweet 16 level team. And that's as far as they go. You don't think he could sneak into the Elite Eight? No, I don't. I think I think he loses to vacant. Okay, we're going to leave it vacant for a moment. We may return to that because I'm going to make a proposition to you. Our next matchup down here is Raphael Landestoy versus Larry Lubers. How about we just move both of those into the Elite Eight? Done. That's a great idea. I think Landestoy is Landestoy is getting on a helicopter and flying up to Spokane to that <laughs> right. regional final. Exactly. So we'll just move them on and uh, advance them. And hey, we make the rules here. All right. So there's your lead eight: Dave Van Gorder, Junior Kennedy, Corky Miller, Champ Summers, Meredith Sanford, John Kutlangas, Raphael Landestoy, and Larry Lubers. All right. Let's get this thing finished, man. We've wasted way too much time talking about this nonsense. Elite eight: Naren region. Dave Van Gorder versus Junior Kennedy. Who's our first participant in the final four? I think Van Gorder advances. I think Van Gorder wins this one. And again, we, we like Junior Kennedy. But I think Dave Van Gorder has been the most dominant participant so far in this uh, entire... Well out. Yeah. Uh, number 16 seed Corky Miller going up against the number 2 seed Champ Summers. The, ma- the mustache matchup. Oh, man. Beautiful. It's quite a game. This is really... This, this in some ways, is the... Is some is the, our championship game really in, in a lot of ways? Yeah, you know, and and I would have thought that if a matchup came down to who had the best mustache, that Corky Miller would have been a shoe in. Yeah, you would think that, wouldn't you? Oh, not um, so fast, my friends. No, I I, I think uh, Champ Summers' wild and incredible bio is uh, putting him, and that that could be a, a, a case of like Sid Finch, April <laughs> Fool's joke, as far as I know. It might be, but. Uh, it's it's probably the most interesting bio. Whoa, Champ Summers died. Oh no, in 2012. Well, that's no good. No, that's not any good. But 
Uh, I do think that he has probably the most interesting personal biography of any player to play in the 1980s, and except for maybe Kevin Mitchell. And plus, he has a glorious mustache while wearing a Tiger's cap in his picture. So it's echoes of Tom Selleck, Magnum P.I., and so it really, all that put together, it's been a great run for Corky. Yeah, he's done, though. Do, do you remember, I just this, Joe, remember, do you remember Champ Summers' fight when he was on the Padres? I do not. There was a brawl against the Braves where he he pulled a, a little bit of an Amir Garrett and charged the Braves' dugout trying to fight Pasquale Perez. Oh, now, everybody tried and, to fight the Braves at that time. Right, exactly. And then Bob Horner jumped in, and then a bunch of fans, like some Braves fans, hopped out of the stands and wanted to fight Champ Summers. I remember that, and I pulled it up here. I don't remember... I didn't remember that Champ Summers was uh, you know, the genesis of that, but oh gosh, that was a I crazy fight. Yeah, I would have said it was Kurt Bavakwa if you had, had uh, asked me 10 minutes ago. But, I, wish, uh, I wish I had asked you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Champ yeah, Summers. Summers has got grown, he's played better every round. He's gotten to be a tougher out every single round. I'm interested to see what he does in the final four. All right, here we go. Vern Rap region. Mo. Meredith Mo Sanford versus John Kutlangas. It's one versus uh, one versus two. Yeah, I think Sanford is going to be exposed as a, a bit of a a bit of a feet of clay here. Well, he's kind of like the Gonzaga, hey, of this region. You know, he played in that nonsense conference out there. Oh man, you had to beat Saint they Mary's. Play everybody, they play everybody out of conference that'll play him. <laughs> well, the, the reason I say that actually is because um, I have a. A, a law clerk that works for me, and uh, she went to Gonzaga, and her name is Meredith. Well, how about that? <laughs> so see, Meredith Sanford. Um, he's getting exposed a little bit now. Some of these years, Gonzaga has, but in recent times, they, they've been generally as good as I've argued that as well. They've been as good as anyone around because they don't they don't hide from anyone uh, until they get into conference play, uh, and then they can't find anyone to play. So, but yeah, I think it's John Kutlangas here. Pretty pretty easy. I mean, that's like a nine ten point win. Not really that close ever. All right, Walk. here we go. The uh, the same matchup that we saw in the Jim Ruggleman Sweet Sixteen, we're going to have again here in the. They tied in the Sweet Sixteen. They both moved on to the Elite Eight. Raphael Landestoy versus Larry Lubers. Now I've already told you I have some bias for uh, Raphael Landestoy. Does does the cool story about Larry Lubers' dad get him past Raphael Landestoy? No, I don't think so. You know, I, all these questions would have been easier to answer if we had done make, making any effort at the beginning to decide on the criteria of what we're even playing here for <laughs> the rules of this game. I know it's like I, a, it's not like is this the most obscure guy, the coolest guy? There's absolutely no criteria, which maybe is probably the best way. It probably it's like Calvin Ball, you know. Yeah, exactly. No rules, just make them as you go. Landis story to me is just because it, go look him up on Google Image Search and look at every baseball card he has. It's hilarious. <laughs> his hat sitting yeah. way up high on his head. He always kind of looks like he's like constipated. Like he looks like he's there. constipated. He always looks like he's surprised to be there. <laughs> Right, like he he was walking by, and the photographer's like, "Well, hey, we forgot you," right. and he's like, "Well, give me give me a hat." Yeah, there are no action photos. He's, no, he's just standing there in all of them. There's one where he's on the Dodgers, where he's like in the batter's box, and he's like kind of at least looking like he's ready to play baseball. Oh, I see that. Yeah, it's pre- pregame batting practice. But the others, I mean, look at that. Uh, what eighty one tops? 
Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. He didn't even try to put the hat on his head. <laughs> Somebody just said, hey, you got to put this on. I just ran up to him and, and just kind of laid it on there. Oh, my there's one. There, there's one here of him on the, I don't know what this is, the Gold Coast Suns, some sort of minor league team in like 1990 he was playing still? Surely not. But he's got one of the, he's got a, one of those helmets. He's, he's wearing a helmet that has no logo on it. And it has no ear flaps. And it's four sizes too big. But they probably ordered it from when he still had a lot of hair. I'm looking for this. I can't find it. Yeah, there's a couple of them here. Oh, it's some kind of some kind of senior oh, league he's playing in? Oh, yeah, in that senior league uh, in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I see it now. Yeah, it's just... Ah. That's, I tell you what that is. That's uh, on MLB The Show if you go create a, a Diamond Dynasty team. But you're uh, too old to figure out how to put logos on your caps. <laughs> that's what my team looks like. That's that's our uniforms on <laughs> my Diamond Dynasty team. Oh, oh Raphael. Raphael Landis. Oh, right, we have our final four uh, somehow, one way or the other. I think I know who my favorite is here, uh, but it's going to be uh, two good matchups. Dave Van Gorder, Champ Summers, John Langus, and Raphael Landestoy. All right, let's go with uh, the left side of the bracket. Dave Van Gorner, Dave Van Gorder, winner of the Jerry Naren region versus Champ Summers, the winner of the Dave Miley region. Uh, Van Gorder uh, has the bias for 83, 80s catchers, which I share. Fair. Um, Champ Summers has the great bio and the great mustache. Um, I'm thinking this may be the end of the road for Champ Summers, though. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I mean, he's uh, he's quite a character, but I don't know that he's like a enough of a Reds legend to make it uh, into the, the finals. Well, he's facing off against a bunch of Reds legends here, so yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's going to end there for him. So Dave Van Gorder moves on to the championship game in held in uh, Minneapolis. Now it's John Kutlangas versus Raphael Landestoy. John Kutlangas versus Raphael Landestoy. I think we are... Uh... I think Landis Story takes it. I do too. I do too. I mean, I was expecting to say that the Kutlangos was going to be, a, and he is going to be a tough out here. But I don't know, Landis Story. His Google image search page is just too glorious. It's got to be, yeah, yeah. Raphael yeah. Landis Story. Did anybody see Raphael Landis Story, a number six seed, making it all the way to the finals? Of course, you would facing, imagine. I know, but hey, Cinderella stories this year. Dave Van Gorder's a twelve seed. All right, so let's uh, let's do this. Dave Van Gorder versus Raphael Landestoy. Boy, we have wasted more time talking about obscure former Reds than should be uh, legal. And it's probably not legal uh, these days because, I don't know, people are getting the cops called on for everything these days. But we're inside, and we're uh, making these choices. Dave Van Gorder versus Raphael Landestoy. I, I think Landestoy is on the kind of a run that you haven't seen since, like, Villanova in 1985. I don't think there's any stopping him. I was thinking it's sort of like a, a Danny Manning in Kansas in 88. He's just, <laughs> just rolling over everybody. He's just taking it on his back. Yeah, well, he was like the best, though. You know what I mean? That was like where the best player in the country right. stepped up and proved it for, for three weeks. And I don't know if that's exactly what we're seeing here. Yeah, Van Gorder's got a little bit of, uh, you know, Butler. The first time they yeah. made it to the finals, you know. Yeah. Happy yeah. to be there. Nice little run. So are we agreed? It's Raphael Landestoy. I think so. That's the champion. Crown him. <laughs> Let's crown him. Oh, he's cutting down the nets. This is, <laughs> without a doubt, Raphael Landestoy's 
one shining moment. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm almost embarrassed that people are going to listen to this, Chris. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, it's, uh, luckily, uh, this is going to be a double charge for your Patreon account. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeesh. So, All right. Listen, uh, any final thoughts, Chris? I think I've shared all I need to share. <laughs> I think we've right? said way too much. I apologize, and I'm not going to bother you again for a long time, Chris Garber. Uh, you know how to subscribe to the podcast, where to find us. I'm not going to repeat all that. Thank you all for listening to this nonsense. We had fun, believe it or not. For Chris Garber and Raphael Landestoy, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.